0: Welcome back to the Talk Sex podcast. I'm your host, Elle Stanger. I am certified by the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists, and I am a longtime in person and online adult entertainer and sex worker. And I have been having sex for about 20 years, so my vagina and I have been through some times together along with the rest of me, and we are here to talk to someone else who also has a vagina and deals with vaginal health and decided to help people with theirs. This is the Vaginal Health and Irritation episode. We're talking to Lindsay Nguyen from Momotaro Apotheca. Hi, Lindsay.
1: Hey, Elle. How are you doing today?
0: I am so good. Um, And that includes my vulva and vagina. How are you? You know, I'm
1: pretty good as well. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. My vulva vagina also hot, kind of sweaty at the moment, but tis the season.
0: (laughs) Tis the season. Yeah. Cheers. I got water. Hope you got plenty of water.
1: (sighs) Gotta stay hydrated in all your parts, but yes.
0: Exactly. So we're going to talk about some things, uh, hear some feedback from other people, and just kind of navigate the world of vaginal health care and wellness. Uh, folks, please write to us they talk sex at protonmail.com, our website, theytalksex.com. If you don't like listening on Spotify or Apple, you can find us there and some of our affiliates and of course cool discount codes. Uh, otherwise, throw a good rating or review on Apple or wherever you listen, because I want to get that five stars again. We're at 4.9. and That's just not good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to keep making quality content. So let's talk about what you make. Lindsay, uh, what do you make? Yeah.
1: Um, so I run a company called Momotara Apotheca, and we are a vulva vaginal health and wellness company. Uh, we first got our start and continue to make products for our vulvas and for our vaginas. Um, we specialize in organic and natural remedies. Uh, one thing I do like to say as caveat is it, uh, vaginal wellness is not one size fits all. So as a company and as people, we try really, really try to do our best to create solutions for everybody in every different type of situation. So we solve for bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections, UTIs, postpartum care, as well as general irritation from, you know, sex, clothing, exercise, shaving, shaving, fucking, whatever you have it, you know, it's, it's kind of um the ins and outs of vulva vaginal care and, and a big part of what we do beyond the products we make is uh creating education that destigmatizes um kind of our vulvas and vulva vaginal healthcare care in general right um it's a pretty antiquated mm-hmm. industry so um we're trying to change that
0: mm-hmm. and you act as a natural alternative to the things that we grew up with which is like vagicil yeah and monostat. <laughs> right so it's you and can we talk about your business partner how you two formed
1: yeah totally so it's myself and my business partner um and you know to be to be bluntly honest we were originally romantic partners um we started this company after i began to have recurrent uh vaginal issues um he's he's a formulator, a scientist, and was, you know, my romantic partner and someone who became really formative in, in helping us create this line and figuring out how we were going to tackle um, creating solutions that, you know, we didn't previously have, right? Like you said, a lot of people are used to trying to solve these issues with monostat, Bagesil, and, and that doesn't, that doesn't work for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell, tell us about the Hot Spring incident. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, it's it's it sounds hot, right? You're like, ooh, hot spring, what? Tell me more. Um, myself and my <laughs> business uh-huh. partner now and <laughs> romantic partner at the time had sex in a hot spring. Sounds super hot. I was super excited. I was like, wow, this is really fun. We're hiking. It's, you know, end of summer, early fall, like beautiful outdoor scenery. But as I'm sure most of you can imagine, and even I could at that time, standing water is not really an optimal place to have your whole vaginal you know, the health Oof. and mucous membrane exposed to, right? There's a lot of bacteria hanging around there. And um, so I got like the most raging yeast infection of my life. And, you know, beyond that, like, it's funny when we, when we were in that situation, I was like, this isn't good. I shouldn't be doing this. But like, yet again, I found myself in this like, you know, internal dialogue with myself being like, ah, but I want to, and I don't want to say anything because I don't want to talk about like this, you know, basically it was like fucking up my vagina because, God forbid, I would have to admit that something was wrong with it, right? Like, I was Mm -hmm. not even in a place where I could even admit that, like, something could go wrong with my vagina, though, like, you know, most Mm -hmm. with vaginas experience some sort of pain and discomfort very early on, whether it starts with, puberty or the first time you have sex, whatever that may be, penetrative or not, masturbation. There's there's so many things that our bodies and our vaginas do, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that are affect our vulva vaginal health. So yeah, it just it was a super hot, hot spring sex turned into a not so hot yeast infection. Um cycle mm-hmm.
0: and then what happened you tried to fix it with yeah
1: yeah so you know i go home wake up the next morning you know obviously i'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast are familiar with like you know the initial itching and that kind of tingle and you're like oh shit so i go and i go to the the pharmacy and you know whatever it is probably like a cbs brand monostat version of that like general um and and use maybe I don't know if it was a one day or a three day. There's lots of different applications for these types of uh, myconazoles, which is uh, the medicine that you most commonly see over the counter for yeast infections. But um, mm-hmm. it ended up exacerbating my issues. So um, statistically, we know now that that people who use these types of therapies tend to get um, forty to fifty percent recurrent infection rates on yeast infection, bacterial vaginosis,
0: et cetera. And so that's that's what happened to me. Wait, back up. So. We know now that almost half of people who use monostat and stuff like monostat mm-hmm. have what now?
1: recurrent infections. Ah. Yeah. So So what happens is you use these these um you know, these drugs essentially and you take you take the good bacteria with the bad. So not it's not really resetting your system as much as it's taking it below zero, right? You're not going back to a bacterial um, and, and like microbial balance. You're you're going back to a place where your body has to also replenish the good um, while still fighting the bad. So it, it just becomes really hard, and it can make you susceptible to other infections, which is which is what happened with me. And so I started to get bacterial vaginosis. I got UTIs. I got a, you know, multiple kidney infections. And oh God. it was just, I mean, it was, it was super uncomfortable. You know, really, like, I was, I was so embarrassed, so shameful, it affected my mental health, you know, really, really everything in between eventually my relationship, because I, I couldn't solve this problem. And it, it was affecting almost every aspect of my life
0: mm-hmm okay so I remember this reminds me of the first time I had <laughs> the first and one of the very few times I had penis and vagina playtime when I was in a pool mm. and it was a public pool which is even yes. worse it wasn't even my pool <laughs> I don't have a pool <laughs> um and I was also quite a bit younger and I remember like obviously I didn't have like anything like silicone lube which i would use if i was having sex in water like a shower these days mm-hmm. um please don't bring silicone lube into a public pool you're going to fuck up the filter and maybe other people's you know health but i remember like thinking wow water is not wet in the way that i need it to be and i feel like i'm tearing myself and you know, just stuff like that. We're just really not taught because we see, you know, fantasy entertainment mm-hmm. again, like the hot sex in in the in the hot spring or the pool. And it's like, that's not actually functional for a lot of people.
1: That that's so important to note. And like something that, you know, you as a young person, you know, whenever that was, or for me, you know, I was I was 27, like and and I like knew better, but I also didn't. And yeah, you have all this friction from this. Uh, you know, from literally HTO, it's a vi- H two O. It's a very different viscosity than that of our um, vaginal lubrication. And it does create, it does create tears, no doubt. You can, you can have micro tears just from, you know, any sort of penetration, be it a toy, be it a penis, whatever it is. And that's actually making your body more susceptible to infection. And then you throw in some pool water or, you know,
0: some chlorine. Yeah. Urine.
1: Totally. And that's getting in your, that's getting in your body. And um, yeah. And you just don't, you don't really have the tools. I feel like to, to maybe stop and think about it because there's a lot of pressure around, our, our sexual performance and doing something cause it's hot. But like what's hotter is like doing the thing, having fun and not getting an infection or discomfort or shame after the fact.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are some pros and cons of developing your own products? Because I think of the, the saying the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. I think that's an old Japanese proverb. <sighs> So, what's this been like for you to develop like holistic vaginal vulva care?
1: Yeah, I, I love that um, that analogy. Or it's 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 very true, and it's so true in the vulva vaginal and sexual health space in general. Right, you're you're inherently kind of sticking out while you're while you're talking about these issues. But with regards to making your own products and what we do, like uh, it's it, this comes from experience. I was I was so stressed out about my own, my own sexual health, like finding a solution has been some, you know, truly life-changing, not only personally, but now professionally, this is what I, this is my full-time job at this point. Um, and you know, just so happens, these things are also very efficacious, which is amazing. And so now getting feedback for the products that we've made, um, from people that are like, this has changed my life. Like, I I didn't even know that this existed. I didn't have the tools, et cetera, et cetera, is, is truly so fulfilling. And it also mm-hmm. feels like we're solving these issues at the root, not just masking them, which I feel like the quote unquote, what people think of as feminine care space um, has, has really done. It masks the issues. It doesn't address them from the root, why we're getting these things recurrently, why we're so uncomfortable. And so um, I really, truly feel super rewarded and and i'm I feel like we're making safe products that are super versatile for, you know, the myriad of issues that we deal with, people, you know, people with
0: vaginas. The rewards is people like affirming, you said these these ideals. you want to comfort people. you want to make them feel empowered. Uh, i so I was making this example on a a different podcast, a, a sexual health podcast where I was saying, like, When you play sports, it's good to know that you can prepare and use protection and tools and boundaries and communication, but like you could still get hurt accidentally, you know, by other players or yourself. So sex to me is a lot like playing a sport, even when you're informed and trying to be mindful, you can still hurt yourself or just experience I don't know. I'll give an example. If I'm doing webcam and I'm whether or not I'm penetrating myself, if I'm using lube or my saliva or a toy, even if I clean the toy or fabric, you know, say that I'm doing friction or penetration on myself and then when I go work at the strip club maybe later that night or the next day I'm changing my underwear and sitting on people's laps and dancing on a stage and climbing a dirty pole which you know I'm going to break it to everyone right now like the spray we use to wipe the pole isn't doing a whole fucking lot like it's really for friction it's not for germs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, it's an alcohol spray, but you have to like saturate something and pure alcohol for like 10 minutes to kill most of the germs. We're not doing that. So, you know, I expose my body to all of these potential bacteria. And then like, what if I want to have partnered sex? I'm like, hey, honey, I'm, you know, I'm dealing with some, some itchiness and it could be a myriad of things. So I, you know, I've been using products for the last three years and they work really, really well for me. And it's honestly, it's been giving me longevity uh, because if I feel a little tingle or a little scratchy, I can use the salve or I can take a bath. Um, And I just feel like I really wanted to get the messaging out about here because I want other sex workers and other people to be able to also rescue their vaginal health in a way that I've been able to rescue mine. So thank you. Well, thank you. I
1: really appreciate that. And at such a like... That's such a wonderful anecdote and something that I think is really important because there's so much in the like wellness community that like preaches this ideal, perfect life. And you're like, I eat kale and, you know, shower however many times a day and blah, blah, blah. There's like a purity culture element to that, which I think is super Mm -hmm. frustrating. You can Mm -hmm. create natural, organic and prophylactic products that are super good for your body and like also address like, you know all these different lifestyle things that we may be doing you know from mm-hmm. you know s- sex work to menstrual care to like you know they're like getting drunk on a weekend maybe and having sex and maybe you know a penis you went, forgot a condom yeah you forgot a condom you were broke did the wrong order of operations and you had a penis and a butt and then in a vagina and like it happens it happens and like you don't there are just like other things you can do to help your body, right? Like anytime you feel that itch or that tingle, you can use these products prophylactically in which I do. And now I haven't had an infection in years, which is such a game changer for me. And like everything that's out there for the most part in this industry is like post-acute symptomatic. You're like, okay, I have a yeast infection now, or like, hmm, I can tell my discharge is off and I have BV now. It's like, Well, why are we letting ourselves get to this point Mm. where we're already like, quote unquote, sick, where it's like, we can have fun, enjoy ourselves, you know, have penetrative sex, climb the pole, eat the cake, whatever, Mm -hmm. and still be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we don't have to be uncomfortable all the time. And I think people with vaginas just often are.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So let's talk about, okay, so what are the cons? Um I can already imagine you deal with a lot of regulation and just general opposition because you're talking about proactive sexual health.
1: Yeah, well, you know, of course you know that very well and and I'm so grateful that we met very early on and mm-hmm. and having community like yourself and and people in the sexual health space and sex work community have really helped us understand how to talk about these issues and um helped us further understand censorship and what we can do about it. And so there's, of course, that piece, right? Like talking about sex and vaginal care is so taboo, not only just socially, but systemically, right? Like I can't advertise my products on the, on the internet and say the word vulva, or vagina, but, you know, erectile uh, dysfunction company mm. can, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and there's such a double standard there, which is super, super frustrating. Um, because we want to just give people products that they might need that would help them. It's, it's pretty plain and simple. And then of course there's, like you mentioned, the regulatory issues. So like sexual healthcare products go go from medical devices, which technically like lube is a medical device because it goes in your body. Um, and it was also invented and popularized with the image of the speculum, which is the machine that opens us up during a vaginal exam because mm-hmm. we need to lube it up. So it's considered a medical device. And then you have your topical cleansers, washes, things like that, that are less regulated um, and can be considered a cosmetic. Mm. And and so those things you can talk about a little bit more freely, which I think sometimes can also be good, but also can be more damaging. It's like cleanse your vagina, cleanser vulva, because these words are not regulated. Mm-hmm. But then that also comes with like some shame, right? Your vagina is not a dirty place. You don't need to wash the inside of your vagina. Some people can like gently clean their vulvas if that's like their preference. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, these these different kind of systems really prevent us and brands like ours from advertising the way that we would like to and telling people about our products in a way that is accurate to them. So we have to constantly like, fly under the radar of what we say and how we say it
0: i'm visualizing the times that i have witnessed my stripper peers just scouring their vulvas with a baby wipe like to get any lint or discharge you know anything out because we're about to spread it or put it in near someone's face and like you're not supposed to do that to your vulva and you're stripping the healthy bacteria and a lot of wipes are scented. And yeah. again, this is stuff that isn't really taught to us, especially when I mean my mom even, and she wouldn't do this now. She knows more, but just like she was raised to believe that, uh, you know, summer's Eve is just what you wash your vulva with. um, And then, I talk to doctors that are like, no, you should never use Summer's Eve. It's scented and it's Mm -hmm. disruptive. And the more you use it, the more you might think you need to use it because it's exacerbating the issues in the first place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so there's this, yeah, like there's products that are out there that are like, and it's such such a nuanced conversation because like, sure, some people you want to clean up, you want to like. You know, you have sex and you want discharge or there's blood or whatever and you just want to like get rid of that. And that's totally okay. But I think there needs to be a more comprehensive understanding of what that means and what that potentially does, right? Like your vagina is self-cleaning, you know, and that's that's what all your discharge is from, which is very or where that comes from. It's very healthy, it's cells, it's blood, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily self-fulfilling, right? You can still have irritation and discomfort and inflammation. And a lot of these external like vulva products actually become a become an irritant sometimes because they're full of fragrance, because they're full of chemicals, because they're disrupting um, the natural vaginal microbiome and like, you know, mucous membrane tissue within the inside um, of like the lips of your vagina and your... Uh, or sorry of your vulva and your vagina and and yeah they make the conditions can either exacerbate them or amplify them right like Mm -hmm. that's what would happen to me oh my gosh like I can't tell you if you can google it Mm -hmm. or buy it I have done it to my vagina and to my vulva oh gosh I was like a a human DIY project before we started this was terrible
0: (laughs) Yeah. So in the first season of the show, we did the lube and vaginal health episode with uh, Wendy Stragar who made Good Clean Love lubricant. Basically, she started making it out of her mm-hmm. kitchen because she said she kept having infections and everything that was recommended to her by her doctor actually made it worse. So common, common issues. Um so I asked my followers on Instagram at Stripper We are also at They Talk Sex Podcast on Instagram. So I asked folks in there anonymously, uh, real quick, what vaginal health issues do you commonly deal with? People said BV, dryness, dryness, UTIs, BV and yeast infection, yeast infections relatively often. Someone says, not vaginal specifically, but I have a UTI every month or so. And someone says, yeast, I literally have, or I literally get a yeast infection or BV every time I have sex with someone. Some people are just, we're sensitive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Some people are sensitive, but also like, I would be so curious, like, what, where did these people start right like i absolutely destroyed my system i was blasting it with my conazoles i was washing my vulva i was putting garlic cloves up it oh i've done that so much yeah it's so gnarly you ever done the plain
0: yogurt dipped in a tampon
1: oh Yep, plain yogurt dip in a tampon. I mean, I honestly can't even look at yogurt anymore because I'm just like t- triggered by it. Unfortunately. So,
0: but- wait, let's back up real quick. Someone, someone probably is like, wait, you put garlic up your snatch? Yeah, I did that too, actually. Um, why? Because it's an antifungal. Why did we do that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all these like home remedies, right? And if you're somebody that's like going through going through the grief of like, oh my gosh, I have UTIs, BVEs, infections, the back again, you've probably gone down like a Reddit rabbit hole and been like, what can I do because these things aren't working? Mm-hmm. And there's got to be something else. And so there's, those are all pretty common. Um, we obviously do not recommend them. Um, but yeah, the the probiotic, yogurt, the garlic, all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's a big point of why we exist, right? That's not sustainable. I don't wanna have to shove a garlic clove up my vagina just because I wanna have sex. And honestly, then like think about my vagina smelling like garlic, Like there are easier ways.
0: <laughs> I am now realizing I haven't used plain yogurt, a tampon dipped in plain yogurt and then stuck up there, um, which, if you are utterly isolated and you can't get to, you know, quality products, that might be your harm reduction. I haven't done that in since I started using your stuff. So because I can't yeah. use um, what's it called? Monistat. I I tried it once when I was 15 and oh God, I thought my whole lower half was on fire. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. Everybody go drink some water and pee and wipe front to back. Um, (laughs) Also, if you haven't already, always wash your hands or have your partner wash their hands before they touch your genitals. Um, Some people think I'm exaggerating, but I will ask someone, you know, when was the last time you washed your hands? And they're like, oh, I showered before I left the house. And I'm like, yeah. And then you touched your keys and your phone and the doorknob and the dry you know the steering wheel and the door and my door and then you petted my dog wash your hands oh
1: my god the petting of the dog is the real one i'm like oh <laughs> like it, not not great no. but it's funny we're we're running a campaign um at the sex expo in new york and it's going to be like 10 foot letters and it starts with like finger me but you know going into like where we use our hands and how we use them mm-hmm. and the health of of yeah, like under your fingernails. Mm-hmm. All those I love
0: that. Okay, so everybody, uh, the website is Momotaro Apotheca. We're going to put that in the episode notes. So if you don't know how that is spelled, just we'll look it up real simple. So the website is Momotaro Apotheca. You can find them on Instagram at Momotaro. And I recommend if you want to see my boobs or my sometimes bush, which of course does not exist on Instagram, you can go to our patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and we will be right back. Hey, Elle, where did you train to be a sex educator? I went to instituteforsexuality.com. If you do not need to be ASECT certified, you can take their shorter program. It's new. It's called SWEET. Sexual Wellness Education and Enlightenment Training. It's about half the price of their regular program and you can do it at your own pace because it's all on demand. You can take it online. You can take one learning path at a time to make it more manageable financially. Go to instituteforsexuality.com and click on On Demand Programs. You can check out their other classes too. Welcome back to They Talk Sex podcast. This is the Vaginal Health and Irritation episode. We are speaking with Lindsay Wynn from Momotaro Apotheca. So let's do some listener questions. Okay, this first one is so incredibly specific and I had to include it because I have also um had this really seemingly bizarre incident happen uh listener question one has anybody else ever forgotten a tampon inside of them and for how long oh my god it smelled like fish and i was leaking water that smelled weird until i figured out why Okay, so for those of us who have been alcoholics or drinkers, sometimes you just kind of don't remember if you took it out already, and then you go to sleep, and then you wake up the next day, and you're like, oh, I'm not bleeding anymore, so I guess I'm done with my period. Oh,
1: my God. I had a tampon
0: inside of me for a week, and like I was giving lap dances, and I was like, why does my pussy smell like this? And it kind of smelled fishy. And then something else that was so specific, and I'm fucking dying because this is the same for this person. When I would clench or lift myself, it, I would I would leak a little bit of what I thought was just stinky discharge, but it was water that was trapped because it was in my waterlogged tampon because I was taking baths and showers. Oh. Gross. <laughs> so gnarly. So gnarly. So like, you know, even just stuff like that, like people with penises just they might not even know that's possible. Well, I'm sorry. You're welcome. Now you do. You know, having a vagina is a big responsibility that we are not all raised to, to be able to manage. So have you ever forgotten a tampon inside yourself, Lindsay?
1: Oh my gosh. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) And it's funny. The first thing that you mentioned was, was when, you know, you were a drinker and this too, I was pretty young and I, and this is maybe like a bit of a trigger warning. I, I had sex with somebody that I don't even really remember. I was so intoxicated. And then like, yeah, 24 hours later, I'm like, Hmm, something's weird. Mm. And, and my, mine wasn't like leaky water. Mine was like old blood. Like I was Mm. still very much actively on my period and like had kind of stopped and it was just such a different scent than I had ever experienced. And, and you know, I will pause for reflection on that your vagina should smell like a vagina and there are lots of different types of normal vaginal scents, right? That changes through your cycle, it changes, mm-hmm. you know, premenstrual, postmenstrual, like all those types of things, but this was something very different and I was I mean, I was shocked. I was like I can't believe this happened to me and quite frankly, I think it's cuz I was wasted and a penis might have pushed it inside further. But yeah. hard to say, I was still drinking and
0: mm-hmm. not my proudest moment. Mm-hmm. I've done that too, actually. I've also had PIV when I forgot that I had a tampon inside me and it yeah. pushed it up there, which makes it harder to get out. <sighs> if anyone- yeah, really far up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, rayon hasn't been used in tampons for a couple decades, but toxic shock syndrome was formerly associated with uh, tampons. Uh, And I think in the 80s, there was a lot of media scare about don't use tampons because you might get TSS. But to clarify, they don't use rayon in the fabric of tampons anymore. Um, But I believe you could get TSS if you just have one up there for quite a while.
1: You can. It's it's not as common, but it still happens. Either way, I highly do not recommend uh, keeping a tampon in there for extended periods of time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, you know, it, it happens and you can be okay. But um,
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: there's various, I don't know so much about what the extended shelf life of a tampon inside your body is, as I do not menstruate anymore. Mm,
0: um, congratulations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, But yeah, it it happens and it's a very specific smell and I um, feel your
0: pain. Don't want to smell it ever again. (laughs) That is a smell I could do without. I was so stressed when I couldn't get my tampon out. I remember being in the shower like crouching with my little stubby fingers like trying to get up there. And I asked my husband at the time like, you might need to help me with this. Um, Anyway, I worked it out.
1: I would say well respect to having a partner that is and a husband mm-hmm. that you could ask to do that I, I don't know if I have ever had a partner in my life that I would do that and that again is probably the like shame on me for feeling like I didn't have that type of support
0: you know? right No I mean I'm really glad you bring that up because something I've been thinking about and maybe other listeners um, have experienced is it's not always safe. It's not often safe to share your sexual health or your body health with your partner because when people don't understand things, sometimes they get confused or angry and that could be victim blaming. you know, like, so what did you do wrong? Are you cheating on me? Like, mm-hmm. I've never had a girlfriend with this problem before. Why you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um And then also a lot of us are just ashamed of our natural body functions because you still have folks out there who don't know what discharge is. Do you remember the uh, like the clean panties challenge? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Can you explain to listeners what that was?
1: Well, correct me if I'm wrong. This was like you were looking at your underwear Mm -hmm. to like see if you were if you were like clean and pure. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I mean, like no, no vaginal discharge, essentially, which is not um, possible for most people uh, possible and or or anatomically correct. The the whole like your vagina is self cleaning has to be paired with discharge. Mm -hmm. That is the literal point. That is how it works. Mm -hmm. And so I don't remember what the like outcome of that was. So it
0: didn't go too viral because, um, I mean, I would say this is one of those times where internet or, uh, you know, restrictions or heavy regulation kind of worked in a way that I'm fine with. But the the challenge was for young women who subscribe to this was to take a picture right of the crotch of their underwear to prove that they didn't have any discharge. Yay, good for me. Look, I don't have any discharge. I have a clean vagina. And it's, you know, as you can imagine, Terms of service on Instagram isn't really going to like people taking pictures of the crotch of their underwear, um, so I don't think too many people could actually post that. But the fact that it, it was even starting to become a thing, I was like, oh no, oh no. Yeah,
1: why is this happening? Why?
0: I mean, we know why, but make it stop. Right. Okay. Well,
1: and it's such an interesting thing that it, it that it also begins to be perpetuated by you know women and people with vaginas right that you're like okay well i can do this and i can prove this and they're that's that's still super pervasive and it's okay if you've been there and been that person because i think we all go through that phase where you're like well i'm okay i'm different and you especially as you're going through puberty you're like you're trying to figure out what is normal and 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 you don't often have community like you said there's so many people out there that are like victim blaming and what did you do and why are you gross and, dah, 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 dah. Mm-hmm. and like Really, this sort of like these conversations and this type of advocacy work is so, so important because it normalizes these questions, our discharge and our and our just like our bodily functions in
0: general. Mm, Good. And that is why we make stuff and podcast. So (laughs) listener question two. Um, All right. Why does my vagina change in scent? And Lindsay, you already kind of mentioned this. Uh, You could be ovulating. You could be at the beginning of your menstrual cycle. You could be in the middle. You could be at the end. Uh, Hormones change throughout all of this. It could also depend on what you're eating, what you're drinking, uh, whether or not you're having partners, whether or not you're using condoms. I smell my pussy probably almost every day. Like, (laughs) not kidding. Like, I mean, I'm a daily masturbator, but I check my scent. I did it actually earlier today <laughs> when I was walking the dog uh, right before I went out of the <laughs> house. I know. I was like, the consistency of my vulva feels different today. Am I still bleeding? And I put a clean hand down my pants because it's my body. It's my front yard. Nobody can see me. And I checked. I looked and I was like, okay, this is clear and watery. And I smelled it. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm finished with my cycle. So <laughs> and that got me thinking like, I wonder how many people actually do this. Um, I'm glad I do this because I'm used to the fluctuations.
1: Yeah, I think I think maybe more people do it than they admit because of the shame that is associated with vaginal scent and smell. I know I absolutely could guarantee, and I would love to hear some statistics. Like if you've ever had recurrent infections, BV, yeast infections, et cetera, you probably smell or even sometimes taste your own vagina to know mm-hmm. like what the like, you know, what is normal. Because I, yeah, you probably know what is normal for you, for you, just like I know what's normal for me, but not everybody is. Familiar with that, and it's such an important part of understanding our bodies and the health of our bodies. And you know, the change in scent, like you said, and we've talked about, is so often connected to our our hormonal cycle, what we eat, who we're sleeping with, how we're sleeping with them, toys, condoms, lubes, etc. Laundry detergent, um, maybe. Yeah, laundry detergent for sure. I mean, that's think about. When I think about people sleeping with their underwear on at night, this like close fabric that's not often breathable, really tight on our vulvas to our, you know, it's just, it's a lot. It's totally changing the ecosystem down there. You're sweating. um, You know, it's.
0: How do you sleep, Lindsay? How do you uh, sleep?
1: Fully nude. Always. Really? Like a starfish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, do you know what a starfish is in sex when you just lay there and do nothing? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes of course
0: the only time i'm a starfish is when i'm uh sleeping or when i ask my partner to uh, i'm gonna be pillow princess um Jeez. yeah do you I remember agree. good do you remember uh oh here's a random out of left field example does anybody who else saw the movie napoleon dynamite back in 2004 um <laughs> there okay what well what the fuck are you talking about so the character the quirky character napoleon dynamite he is testing he's taste testing milk it's like some kind of farmer competition something he's taste testing different milks and he takes a sip and he says this tastes like this cow got into an onion patch (laughs) 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 and you know every time I eat a bunch of garlic or when I Mm -hmm. eat a bunch of asparagus my urine Smells different and my vagina smells different. And I know that, and that's okay. I just counteract that with drinking extra water and eating extra citrus. So, Mm -hmm. what you put in your body is also what comes out of your body quite often. And this puts some people, obviously, at a clear disadvantage when they don't have resources. But the tools to know in the first place is really important. And that's why I bring that up.
1: Yeah, totally. What, you know? you to some degree, you are what you eat, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, asparagus and broccoli and maybe like some other cruciferous vegetables create um, sulfur as a byproduct and sulfur affects your urea, which is why your pea stinks. Like all of these things have scientific explanations. And that's why I also like point, I, I point those out a lot because it's just yet another reason to like not feel shame. It's literally just science and like, you know, Tom, Sarah, Melissa, and Brad—if they all eat it, it's all going to affect their bodies too. So, like, don't mm-hmm. don't feel the shame. Just you know,
0: mm-hmm. and I it might know. all affect them differently. Totally, totally. So, um, I was talking to a friend real quick, and we'll move on to the next question. I was talking to a friend, and I'm going to get her okay before I publish this. I might cut it, but if you can hear it, then she said it's fine. She said she had a partner who wouldn't not ejaculate into her, um, like finished with what what some people call cream pie every time. And she Mm -hmm. said it was very, very irritating because it disrupted her balance all Mm -hmm. the time. Uh, She's no longer in this relationship. Yay, congratulations. But I'm reading on uh, healthline.com. So again, this just a medical disclaimer. This is not um, in place of like you speaking to a doctor, but all the smells a healthy vagina can be. And it says that semen is relatively high in, where is it, has a relatively high pH. So it's super normal to notice a different kind of smell after you've had penile vaginal sex. Um, so yeah, even stuff like that, your partner's semen could be irritating you. Yeah. There's always
1: these like jokes, I feel like, in the industry where people it's like, oh my God, my body is like my telling me my partner sucks because it's giving me BV. And it's like, okay, haha, I get it. Like... <laughs> You know, sometimes I think our body does tell us things that our brain hasn't yet caught up with, but yeah, Mm -hmm. pH is a different, uh, the pH of, of ejaculation is different than the pH of our vaginas, as well as the pH of our blood. So like, those are really specific reasons why your vaginal pH may be off and give you then potentially bacterial vaginosis, which is what people associate the like quote unquote fishy odor, um. With, which I don't like using that word. If anybody has a better word for that, I would love to hear it because I don't think that that's beneficial for everybody. anybody
0: to mm-hmm. talk
1: about a fishy vagina.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's see. That's question three. Is there any recommended douching product for vaginas? I know that some of the women in my family do that as part of their regular hygiene, but I also hear from my friends that it's not good for you. I've never... I've never been told by a sex-positive doctor, and I know a handful, that douching is good for you in any way. The only thing I've heard is if you would like, you could squirt some water up there, but it has to be really, really clean water. hmm um, Yeah.
1: I, I, I agree. Um, and, you know, this is – it's not a hard question because I would say 99.9% of me agrees that, like, you should not do any sort of vaginal douching, like, for the most part, we are not given products or safe recommendations for your body and especially your bi- vaginal microbiome. Anything that you buy off the shelf is an absolute hard. No. Um, for me, there are, like mm-hmm. you said, those kind of like squeeze bottle, vaginal douches, um, warm, wa- warm, distilled water, et cetera. If you're trying to potentially get like semen out of you, I know that's um, somewhat mm-hmm. common because mm-hmm. semen for some people can be such an irritant. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, again, this goes back to your vagina is self-cleaning. Your body's going to get that out itself for the most part. Um, whatever you don't want that's in there, um, and and it more oftentimes than not is going to do more harm than good. The the percent that makes me say, you know, maybe is because again, like we said, vaginal wellness isn't one size fits all. And if there is something that's working for you that is safe and was was prescribed to you by a doctor. Like I am not the be all and all of vaginal wellness. And, and I think when people speak in absolutes, that's, that can be hard, but mm-hmm. my professional experiential opinion is no, mm-hmm. and be incredibly, incredibly discerning with somebody who may suggest that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, like you said, know any sex positive doctors that would suggest that. Um, mm-hmm
0: but here we well, are. I think that's a great answer. Yeah, that's yeah. a great answer. Absolutes. <laughs> the irony of this statement is that uh, absolutes are never are never uh, useful. <laughs> that's an absolute. I think they're rarely useful. Um, so I actually, I and also to this person who asked this question, I'm curious who your community is. Um, I've read over and over again, I'm looking at a study published 2007 Journal of Adolescent Health. Uh, the abstract said the aim of the study was to examine factors related to frequent douching among predominantly black and Hispanic uh, alternative school populations. So they were observing youth in an alternative school who were black and Hispanic uh, it was observed that Hispanic females were more likely to douche weekly compared to black females in the study, 30% versus 13%. It says monthly douching was associated with ethnicity, beliefs related to the therapeutic value of douching, perceived partner expectations, having female relatives who douched and pregnancy history. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, so the
1: cultural, there's, yeah. there's definitely like some cultural nuance around douching for sure. And so if if this is a, a question, since it's like some of the women in my family, this, maybe this is like older family members too, like that grew up around a time where like, you know, like you know, got back in like the twenties or thirties. Well, what, what was it? I'd love to know the actual date of this. Like people were using Lysol to douche, like, which mm-hmm. is absolutely mind blowing. Um, mm-hmm. and I think as science develops more and more people are realizing it is not the, um,
0: not the answer. Not the answer. Yeah, I just uh, in the sex work and history episode, I spoke with Professor LK Bertram, and she we we talked about how did pioneer you know sex workers, old west sex workers, do birth control? And she, I believe, if I can recall correctly, she said some of them would douche with, uh, yeah, bleach, bleach water. Yeah, that's so. so yay science! I know. Yeah. Yay, science! We're getting better. Thank you for helping uh, advance the. The uh the non-bleach douching. Okay, listener question four. Ooh, here we go. Monostat time. Someone says I bought monostat for a yeast infection, and I saw that some of the side effects listed can be quote, burning and itching. WTF. I'm trying to get rid of burning and itching. Why does monostat burn some people?
1: Yeah, so I mean this we deal with this in even the products that we create, right? Like when you put something in or on your body, your uh, organic body matter is going to have a response to whatever it is that it's interacting with. Um, products that make claims, um, be it uh, a monostat, which is you know an over-the-counter drug, or some of the products that we make, um, all of our products are based off of in vitro studies on the ingredients, so, so there's claims against them. Um, they involve an active ingredient, right? An active ingredient is what is going to get rid of um your infection or that's going to be the you know the compound that that does get rid of it fights the fights the bad bacteria et cetera. and so some people don't respond well to it right like that that can irritate your body it can irritate your mucous membrane it can exacerbate it some people go as far as having allergies to it like you said that is why you 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 entered it into your body and you you said you had a pretty immediate reaction to monistat right
0: Oh my god, immediately. I was like, what have I done? And I couldn't tell my parents. They didn't know I was having sex. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. and you're like, how do I get this out of my body? But Yeah, it's for the most I just part. ran
0: around in circles oh. trying to fan my my crotch, honestly. Oh
1: my god. Yeah. Mine and then so I bad. had
0: shame. I was like, the abstinence educators were right. Oh. They were not right.
1: Yeah, they are not right.
0: But I use the term educators loosely. <sighs>
1: but yeah, I don't know if your studies um, pointed to anything else, but I mean, I I say this too, with regards to our own product. like I know plenty of people that would poo-poo us because we have tea tree in our product, which is our active ingredient. Um, Our product is able to contain this active ingredient based on how we suspend this active in a lipid. So it is protected like, um, but that's again, very nuanced. Um, But you Mm -hmm. know, people are allergic to tea tree, people are allergic to all sorts of stuff
0: hmm So I have to say I'm big on feedback and I've asked people for the last couple of years, like, how do you like these products? And I've only heard one person say that um, it didn't do anything for them. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anyone say that it hurt them. So that's good to know, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's outliers out there. Cause like you said, yeah, tea tree oil, some people are allergic to it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you know that because it, it does list, you list like the four or five ingredients, I think like right on the bottle. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, totally. We, like tea tree, we have people reach out to us, we're like, do you make something without tea tree? Cause um, both tea tree and berberine, which is are in our products, um, or tea tree and golden seal contain berberine, which is the active um, that will fight infections, yeast infections. Um, and so we're like, yeah, we, we can make these products, but what we're doing right now is trying to get rid of yeast infections, food symptoms, et cetera. And so there's always work to be done in creating products that are more diverse for people, but um, they know ahead of time. And and most people like that cooling feeling. That's what makes our product. You apply it to an inflamed vulva and you're like, whew,
0: I know this is working. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it feels mm-hmm. good.
0: I, Yeah, I actually was at um, – so – You've given me a couple salves over the years and I actually I was at the club. I was at one of my clubs working and one of the younger uh, co-strippers disclosed to me that she'd had a sexual interaction and now she was having irritation and she couldn't get seen for a couple days and it was just so uncomfortable. And I was like, you know, I'm not a doctor and I don't know what you did. But if you want, I have this salve that I use. If you want to take a clean finger, you can like use some of it. Um, And she did. And she really fucking liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I felt like you know that was a gift. That was a gift. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our
1: vulvas are inflamed, and like you, you know, you feel that cooling, and you're just like, it's it's so nice because it, you then you then don't have to be like, oh, I'm just thinking about my vagina and the way it feels. My vagina feels the best when I don't feel it, right? When you're like like going yeah. about your day, and I don't have to think about like, is my like underwear irritating me? Is the walking, etc. Like, you know
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm totally. unless it's on
1: the opposite <laughs> way and it's a pleasure it's a pleasure play
0: yeah I know no what you said <laughs> about like what did you just say you you're happiest with your vagina when you don't have to think about it yes basically yeah it's like you never realize how much you like breathing until you're incredibly congested
1: yes totally
0: right right Okay, so let's take another quick break, and you can find me at Stripper Writer on Instagram, on Twitter at L Stanger. You can find Lindsay. Um, well, let's see. Maybe not Lindsay. Lindsay, can people find you, or do we want to?
1: Yeah, uh, you can find me. My handle is at Lindsay Wynn. Um, it's just my full name. L. You can link it in 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 the bio, but yeah. Um, Momotaro is going to be the best place for us. Our Instagram is Love Momotaro and our website um, is Momotaro
0: What is the best way for people to give you feedback?
1: Mm, ooh, well, actually a fun one for us. Our web portal is a real person um, that lives in Brooklyn ooh. and is not like a chat bot. We answer all of the those questions. So you can reach out and you can go onto our website and talk to a real person. Um, she was a fan of the product, an affiliate. And um, now full time employee, which is awesome. Uh, That's cool. And or you can go into our DMs. Um, we answer all of our DMs. I'm I'm kind of touch and go there, but uh, we have an awesome team. Everybody is super super hands on. Or you can send us an email. Really, whatever uh, works for you. Honestly, we're we're very receptive.
0: Love that. Did you know that Monistat and Vagisil can make your vagina so much more unhealthy and actually make it burn? So instead, I recommend Momotaro Apotheca's Salves and Oils. Check out their products. I even use it to prevent razor burn because I shave pretty often down there. Use code STRIPPERWRITER. Hey, that's me. For a discount and let us know how you like our products and stay tuned for an upcoming episode on vulva and vaginal health because I love talking to small business owners that are creating better products for our bodies. And that includes Welcome back to the Talk Sex podcast. This is the Vaginal Health and Irritation episode. Thank you to everybody who uh, leaves nice comments, uh, writes to us, tells us how we've been helpful or what else you would like to hear from us. Um, You help craft a wonderful show just to help more people. And I do have a little bit of fun over here, so that is a benefit as well. Lindsay, we are talking about... Vulvas and vaginas, and I have an article pulled up uh, about Monistat. And then on the side, I shit you not, Vagisil is being advertised. Oh <laughs> my gosh! I
1: know. You know what the Vagisil. You, you know what's interesting about some of those ads is the Vagisil advertisements aren't even about the product. What it does, it's like here's a ch- cheap, quick for your. cheap quick that's what it says
0: yeah it says it says you don't need to spend a lot to get our most advanced technology for odor protection oh my god odor protection odor protection
1: wow actually i i honestly think i've seen that ad um and what does that mean right for odor protecting am i protecting myself from odor am i protecting my partner from odor and is this even good for my vulva or my vagina i don't know
0: Mm -hmm. I just imagine myself walking down the street and there's like a green trail of like stinky lines behind me, like a cartoon character. And I'm like, I didn't use fagisil. No, now everyone knows I'm stinky. Like, come on. Oh my oh. God.
1: Um. Oh, I was just going to say, I have to say when I started this company, that was like what I thought about. I was like, wow, all my past partners are going to be curious about like my <laughs> vagina now. And I was just like, I had to work through some like, you know, internal dialogue that like again, this is okay. It's not, I don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, I think that is the sacrifice some of us make when we want to talk about shame or embarrassing issues. Um, I heard that from my friend Courtney Brame, who does a a herpes podcast um, and runs a nonprofit about herpes resources. And he's like, he constantly is disclosing every single time someone's like, what do you do? He's like, well, I I run a herpes podcast. So then they're like, Oh, you know, does that mean you have, you know, like, yes. And uh, yeah, that's just something that's just part of the work, I guess. And we see the value in that because hopefully we're doing the hard work so that other people feel less shame.
1: A hundred percent. And I will say, and I'm sure you, you get this often, you know, people are, people are so excited to share, their experience and be like, Hey, thank you for talking about this because now I can talk about this with my partner and, or my friends and we can destigmatize. And, and that's how that's, that's how we grow, right. Is, is opening up the conversations. Of course, there's always going to have to be a few like tastemakers, if you will, and people who are willing to do, um, the emotional labor up front. But I, I really do feel lucky and, and grateful despite some of the challenges of this journey. It's, it's fun and it's interesting.
0: Yeah, and there's always going to be haters. So don't fuck the haters. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I asked people, describe the natural scent of your vulva, which, as we've said before, it changes all the time. But uh, I was curious to hear what people would say. So I wanted to model this. And I'm going to share that on a good day, on a nice day, my vulva smells like musty orange ooh, yeah so you know not for everyone a little tangy um a little dark and mysterious (laughs) someone else says (sighs) okay this is different someone else says every time i eat my girlfriend's ass i don't mind her pussy smell but her ass smells like a handful of pennies (laughs)
1: Wow, interesting. A handful <laughs> of pennies, that's, you know, there's a lot of like blood vessels down there. If your vagina or your butthole smells like pennies, it's because of the presence of blood.
0: Ooh. <laughs> so, you know, more valuable than pennies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much so. Mm-hmm. Someone else says, <laughs> smells like a couch when I've spilled some Kool Aid on it. Okay.
1: Wow. I would, I would flag that if your vagina smells like Kool Aid, there's something else going on there that feels really extreme. What type of couch is this also?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing this uh, other Healthline article that I was looking at before. If there, if you have a sweet odor, it might be uh, bacteria, mm. which is fine because you have ever-changing bacterial ecosystem, it says. Uh, someone else says it kind of smells like ammonia, but not in a bad way.
1: Very common. Ammonia is also why our panties get bleached. If you're wondering why all of a sudden your underwear are like kind of white in the crotch, um, it's from the ammonia, which um, is in all different types of uh, vaginal, cervical, uh, fluid, urea as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I think I saw, I wish I could remember it. I know I saw some kind of tweet or meme or something about people joke about females being the weaker sex, but my vagina literally like dyes my underwear or something.
1: Uh, literally bleaches my underwear. Also, I'm gonna it's go back and flag. No shame on the Kool Aid. I just think of Kool Aid as taste uh, as being very very like tropical citrus flavor, and it makes me think of the Vagisil, uh
0: scent mm. and and, mm-hmm. and
1: flavors. We mm-hmm. call them flavors.
0: I don't know. Kool Aid is like I don't even know if it's real sugar. So I would also be curious uh, mm-hmm. if my vulva smelled like Kool Aid. Um, let's see a couple people said sometimes it smells fishy on a bad day yep there's that fish again Um, let's see tangy someone else says tangy Uh, someone says kind of like a plant but a plant I've never smelled before interesting someone else says my girlfriend's scent reminds me of patchouli but I actually like patchouli. (laughs)
1: my my dad wore a lot of patchouli oil, which is, that's what that means. I'm sorry.
0: Me. <laughs> um, you know, some people love it. I am not one of them.
1: Yeah. A plant, a plant that like vegetal um, smell we have heard as well. can be kind of common again, a lot of these things. And I think this is interesting for people to like uh, look at, like look at a pH scale and like you can Google this and um, all sorts of different things will come up. Uh, alongside it, like w- where beer falls on the pH scale, and tomatoes and things like that, mm-hmm. and I feel like tomatoes so- are pretty acidic, huh? Totally, and like a lot of those, the vagina is, is is acidic, is acidic as well, and so I think people can then begin to like make these um, scent connotations, which help you understand what, what, and why it's not weird that your vagina smells like this. It's just because your brain is associating it with something else that you are smelling or eating that has the same. Uh, pH.
0: Hmm. You know a lot about this. I'm so glad we (laughs) talked about this. (laughs) All right. So, okay. So how do you advertise your products? I see you, I see ads on Facebook because I'm on Facebook uh, because I'm an older millennial and I still use Facebook Mm -hmm. and I see them on Instagram, but where else?
1: Yeah. So we, we try and get around some of it. um, And we do advertise on those platforms, despite that they can be very challenging. Um, Like I said, we can't, we can't advertise the way we want to. Um, so if you see those and they like seem more gentle than we are, it's because like, we can't save all our vagina often. Um, we used to try and like do that, like SEO play. Like I always thought it was really important for us to be like, okay, I'm Googling these things and I'm finding solutions that are in this like mysterious black hole of the internet. Um, we should be showing up in these places so that people find um, Mm -hmm. safe products and solutions. That's really hard to do. Obviously the internet is a very big place. Um,
0: SEO search engine optimization for folks who don't know.
1: Yes. So if you're a person Mm -hmm. that's like, Hey, what the fuck is up with my vagina? Like I need a natural yeast infection remedy. I need blah, blah, blah. Like these are the places that we would like to show up so that people don't have to go down the same rabbit hole that I did. Right. Where I'm shoving garlic cloves up my vagina what have you um so that's really important to us we do love to do like you know collaborations with folks lots of different types of um uh, educators sex educators sex workers doctors ob um you know there's a lot of wells that lead to the same river for us because vaginal health is so um it's so different and so nuanced and we're really trying to become uh a trusted resource. And so everything we write and everything we advertise comes from a first person perspective. So if you're reading something, um, about the LGT, you know, LGBTQ community, it's written by them. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. same with sex workers, et cetera. So those are Mm -hmm. all the places that we try to invest money into so that we can, you know, be a better, more reliable source for our community.
0: I really appreciate that you're not a for women, uh, brand woof. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you've always been, I mean, the, you've o- Momotaro has always been trans inclusive and gender expansive supporting and sex worker supporting. And that is so valuable, especially, you know, like I have trans men friends who are like, I hate going to buy tampons for myself and I'm going to the feminine care aisle. Like I'm not feminine. Ugh, it's the- <laughs> I'm a man with a pussy.
1: Yeah. It's, it's honestly the worst. Like I am a cis bisexual woman and i am not affirmed by those spaces i am not affirmed by the words feminine care i think they're super it is inherently super binary and like this is a this is a people issue and like i think when you degender things which we should be doing in all aspects of our lives you again open up opportunity for conversations with your friends with your partners with your family etc and like again puts this blame on like like women whatever that means that we have to fix this like you know pussy vaginal health scent issue and I think that's Mm -hmm. that's degrading in and of itself um and Mm -hmm. and like these issues again they they affect everybody right everybody you know a lot of people with vaginas you might have one you might have sex Mm -hmm. with them whatever it may be like it's kind of like kind of a big deal, right? Like we make life Mm -hmm. with our bodies. Like there's a lot going Mm -hmm. on there and, and Mm -hmm. it should be more commonplace to understand, um, our body parts, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are some resources that have been helpful for your learning? It sounds like you were pretty self-made in this going down the rabbit hole.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Um, we were, I mean, my background is actually in photography. Um, I went to art school and, and I got, and I do a lot of photography, follow us, um, you know, all the bodies and stuff. And that was a huge, uh, kind of catalyst for how we began to tell stories within the brand is photographing people who were dealing with these same issues or wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about it, et cetera. And and there was a big representation piece there. Um, but back in the day, gosh, this had to have been five years ago. You know, I remember Mm -hmm. sitting down on the floor in Powell's books, the one in downtown in Portland, if you're familiar, um, in Oregon, which is where we're based. Um, and reading every type of vaginal health, organic, green, bio, whatever it was, like the amount of information I ingested was, was extreme and now even worse so. So um, I guess hmm. it's a bit around the corner, but from what you were asking, um, resources that are helpful for my learning. I even still learn from my blog now, right? Um, because we have hmm. so many contributors. Um, we publish new weekly education um every friday which is great and this is everything from listicles for like how to you know have safe anal for the first time we we cover a lot of different um types of things Mm -hmm. um but uh, yeah other resources like i i think a lot of the blogs are helpful like you said your friend runs this like herpes advocacy piece like Find the people mm-hmm. that you trust and feel affirming. That is the stuff that you're going to ingest and take with you and take it the farthest, right? You could go on to mm-hmm. WebMD all day long, but do you trust that? Does it does it help you? Are you communicating to your community with what you read off of a diagnostic thing from WebMD? Probably not. They're just really amazing Um kind of like micro resources that do their research. And if you want to make sure that they're reliable, ask them questions that they, they'll be able to point mm-hmm. to their studies right away. We can, you know, and I don't, mm-hmm. they should, and they also shouldn't be defensive. Like if they're putting this information into the world, they should absolutely be able to cite their sources, be it from a first person experience or science, clinical studies, etc.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So lastly, and I ask all my guests this, do you have any sex tips for our audience besides wash your fucking hands before you touch me? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> wash your hands before you're touching um, any genitalia. It's definitely a good one for us. But I think one of the ones for me as I've I've taken this journey in the last five years and, and really put my uh, sex life and vaginal health on blast is if there are issues or excitements, talk about them before you're in the bedroom, right? Like we are, we're often making choices that are cloudy when we're super turned on. So if there's something you want to try, if there's something you're not up for, have those conversations with clarity before you're aroused. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. usually going to allow for a better experience um, and Mm -hmm. a more affirming experience and, um, that's, that's my, my PG, but really wholesome <laughs> sex tip mm-hmm. advice. I
0: appreciate it. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's amazing. I'll get such a wide range of, of last, uh, sex tips I've gotten, um, you know, get spit from the back of your throat cause it's thicker Ooh. to sex workers are essential healthcare workers <laughs> like that can teach us things. And it's just such a, a beautiful range. So thank you for being here everybody go to momotaroapotheca.com and on Instagram at love momotaro and Lindsay thank you so much for being here tell your business partner I said hello <laughs> and thank you for the science and folks you can find me patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows or Twitter at @lstanger. Stanger and until next time <clears throat> thank you awesome thank you L. Lots of us know to grab a towel when we're on our period for period sex, but what if you could just get the layer? Try getthelayer.com because it's not just a sex blanket. It's great for not ruining sheets, bedding, furniture, whether you're on your period, whether you're a squirter, whether you're just trying to be polite. It's black. It's discreet. You can get 10% off when you getthelayer.com and use the code L-E-L-L-E all caps my name try it out let me know how you like it it is my travel companion get the layer.com